1: Hello Fox fans, how are we doing? Ah, there's a match on tonight, so we're a little bit early. But what better way to prepare for uh, uh, Euro's 2020 semi-final than watching a bit of a battle going on on Leicester Till I Die TV? And that's what you're watching. And we are on Facebook, Leicester Till I Die. The group. We're on Twitter at Leicester TID. And if you are watching us on YouTube, and if you're not, please get over there and watch us. Uh, You can uh, get us on Leicester Till I Die TV. And if you're over there. Please, please, please subscribe. You know I like my buttons to be pressed, and if there's a button over there, like, subscribe, follow, just give it a press, we would be very grateful. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a battle tonight. It's Leicester War. Let's battle commence. It's the Leicester War Show. On Leicester Till I I die, TV. But who will win? Join in now. Let me, let me read a few names off for you. Freddy Krueger, Hannibal Lecter, Michael Myers, Frankenstein, Dracula, Norman Bates, Jigsaw, Peter Taylor, Frank McClintock. What do they all have in common? No, they're not all my co-hosts here on Leicester Till I Die TV. But i tell you what, for starters, you wouldn't want any of them, any of them, to manage your football club. Fortunately, we've had two of them. Yes, Peter Taylor and Fant McClintock. And I've got to be honest with you, Leicester, we've made some bad choices when it comes to managers in the past. I mean, Dave Bassett, do you remember him? Ian Holloway? (laughs) Craig Levine, my my personal favourite, David Pleat, Paulus, I could go on and on and on, but these two stand out. I'm sorry, my phone. These two stand out as um, inheriting really good teams, but actually destroying those teams, turning what was a good team into (laughs) Sunday League has been's. Peter Taylor, he destroyed a great Martin O'Neill team. Uh, we all know the Martin O'Neill era. But Frank McClintock, for those of you that of a certain age, unlike myself that doesn't remember, he followed Jimmy Bloomfield. And he totally destroyed one of our best ever sides. But who, who was the worst? That's the question. To try and convince me, uh, we've got two of those on the list. Uh, I think friend of, uh, Freddy Krueger and Hannibal Lecter. You decide who's who. Uh, good evening, uh, good evening, Hannibal and Freddy. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll take, I'll take Freddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: oh, you've been you know, a you nightmare to me on many oh, oh, Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Chris. Yeah, you don't need, you don't need to finish that sentence.
1: <laughs> Michael, thank you very much um, uh, Hi to you um, he, he's, he's already sticking his, uh, his uh, numbers to the mast He might have a difficult job on tonight, uh, Greg My, Michael Gamble so. is definitely going for Taylor Facebook user is going for Peter Taylor And just to reiterate, Michael is saying Yeah, Peter Taylor was the worst And it's David, sorry David, one name, two names, you do you do confuse me. Um, David, good evening. So, um, first of all, Brad, you've got you've got Peter Taylor. You must be feeling pretty confident.
0: I don't need five minutes, Chris. I'll just have to comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've <laughs> all this research. I think I'm just going to be scarring people and sending them back to therapy. So I apologise in advance when I give you horrid flashbacks with, my, with the me- memories of
1: Taylor. But, I mean, he was the Peter Taylor of his day, Frank Doc. He was, but,
2: well, you say he was But he was much worse, you know, as we're we're about to find out So, you know, I I don't think you can, I, I think by the end I don't think you'll be able to mention the two of them side by side ever again (laughs)
1: and it's hard like this is part of my therapy (laughs) as Brad said there (laughs) talking about these things does help okay so the way that we're going to go this i mean you guys know but just to explain we've done we did one uh in the past which was the other end of the scale which was claudio versus brendan who who won that one i won it on
2: your split decision
1: Chris. did I? Yeah. Right. So yeah. it, it's, uh so it, it's um brads going out for revenge then
2: well, i think uh, i mean we we've, we've already seen we've already seen people put in their uh their i'm just waiting for peter taylor to come up and say peter taylor was the worst
1: <laughs> <laughs> well like I can just no. say Before anybody does actually decide That they are in Brad's camp North
0: Macedonia are going to win it Get your bets on you heard it, here First North Macedonia Are going to wipe the floor of the tournament Shock of the decade Shock of the century You name it You thought 5,000 to 1 was good odds Well listen to it Get your bets in North Macedonia To not just get out of the group But they're going to win it North Macedonia, come on. What are you? Some kind of doomsday machine, boy.
1: I realise that that video actually looks like, you know, one of those sun videos where it's sort of done with a little camera in the lapel and it's really bad. <laughs> Brad, you know, you, you, you're going on holiday tomorrow, mate. I had to get one more in, but you can thank Craig for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they
1: stitch you up before the start of the show. You're like welcome. Well. Well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, right. Let, let's let's get into it. Uh, so we're going to go with Peter Taylor first. So um, Craig, I will move you into the. I will say the back room, but you might take that the wrong way. The green room, and uh, mm-hmm. we will come back to you in a bit. All right. Oh, he did say good, good luck there, apologise, yeah. I, I cut him off in his prime. Um, so, not saying obviously that, that Brad can can talk, because we all can when it comes to football, but we've got a timer on it, so they have got the two five-minute slots and then a summary afterwards, and um, this this is going to be interesting. So, um, here we go, uh, when you say your first word, Brad.
0: Yeah, we're just, just to make sure we're doing his, his time at Leicester first, aren't we? we are yes okay brilliant right let me just take you back to the fateful day that the Leicester board made the worst decision in history for the club when they decided against the wills of probably most interested at the time let me let, let me give you a few names of who we could have had as manager and would have saved us from the worst part of the time in Leicester's history that is we were linked with David Moyes who in today's today's now, he might get a bit of a snigger until what he's done with West Ham this season, but he was doing really well with Everton. We all know what he did at Everton and his time there. He was also linked with Big Sam. We maybe could have had the players that Bolton had playing for Leicester City. Could you imagine if we'd have hired Big Sam and he did what he did with them, but he did that at Leicester after Martin O'Neill? Ridiculous. So they, t- they should probably be discussing for the worst managerial decision, bringing in Peter Taylor. Peter Taylor was the man who was left with the unenvious task of trying to uh, achieve more or continue the success of Martin O'Neill. So you may think, oh, well, you can give someone a pass for that. They normally, you know, need a bit of time. And, yeah, the journey started well because he didn't rip the team apart at the first instinct. Spent some money, that's fine. Brought, took some players out. Normally when a manager's like, you're thinking players that aren't needed throughout his time. He got rid of them. The fantastic captain. Most people's number one pick when they think of a, a person who's their favourite fox, Mr Steve Walsh himself, forced out of the club pretty much, what it was worth. Brought it, you know, took out Tony Cotty, TC. Stan Collymore was out the door in no time under Taylor. Could Probably couldn't, because he hasn't got the managerial slip and brain to cope with Collymore. Martin O'Neill was able to control, contain him. In his breakdown through football, Mr. Sandler man, Collymore, Taylor couldn't. Taylor didn't like the ego challenge. Tony Cotty was just out the door as well. In December, Lennon had enough. He left him on his own accord. You know, we all remember in bringing in the certain Mancini, you know, the disaster that had five appearances for us, the only club he couldn't score for, and went, this is that crap, I'm going to actually leave football and go into coaching, more into Florentina. Yeah, so... He did a, a great job in bringing people and uh, in. Let's let's remember these classic names before I mention the obvious one: Gary Rower, Howard Davidson, Trevor the Traveller, Benjamin. And I mean that in the fact that he's probably had more clubs and appearances throughout his career. He brought in Dennis Wise, so the worst manager probably will brought brought in a player that most thought was the worst player we could have signed. Ian Walker probably his only decent signing he ever made and Jamie Scowcroft, a hero in the Division One, was a firm favourite in the end, but realistically, he was never good enough for the Premiership. I'll skip past the good parts, because no one wants to remember a good parts from the, a guy that did so badly, because that was only off the revenue of what O'Neill had brought to it. Wickham Wanderers, a manager so inept that he got beat by a guy who was brought off Teletext, was signed up on teletext. Now, a good manager can normally take an embarrassment in the FA Cup. Even that one, can't they? Southampton have done a 9-0, they recovered from results like that. A good manager might go on a bit of a bad run, three or four games, the embarrassment, kind of hard to get over. Fair enough. After that, any manager worth his salt can turn it around. If they're not good enough, they, they should be out the door. Nine defeats out of the last 10 games. After that game, we lost nine out of ten. By September in 2001, he was rightfully out the door. After bringing in all that dross, let's remember he started that season That season, with a 5-0 defeat to newly promoted Bolton. He lost 4-0 in an absolute drubbing to Arsenal. We all remember the own goals and Gas DVD that Eliak and Boy could have released out of his own standard. I tried not to mention him until the very last minute because it was that disastrous. He ruined his career as well. And then he lost to Charlton and he was finally sacked. I mean, worst manager. I can't... I, you know, the fact that everything involved in bringing Taylor to the club was a disaster says it all. I can't, I've just seen the clock, realised I've still got a bit of time to talk about him. I don't really want to, too much. It's making me feel a bit sick. Happened to do this research, to bring it to you. It didn't get any better from the very beginning to the very end of his tenure, right? When he sunk his claws in, when he snided us all thinking he wasn't going to change things and he changed it, he proved he can't manage a team to save his life.
1: And there goes the bell uh, well done brad well done sir uh again uh, an early finisher um you can you can get pills for that now and cream, you know uh, very very well put across um as playing devil's advocate here, like you say, yeah. he did bring Mancini in, who was the equivalent of um I suppose the other day was Jock Wallace trying to bring um, Johan Coyfin, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, five five appearances, no goals, and decided football, he'd ruined him football that much for him. he became a coach straight away. Said so everything about it, wasn't it?
1: We, we, we were top of the league under Peter Taylor two weeks.
0: Yeah, and look what happened when he tinkered. The second he did any of his own ingrations. Yes. You <laughs> we were playing with players that were actually still thriving off O'Neill. That's that let's get let's get that straight. We know for a fact that it was, he, was ride. he came to like us it, from me.
1: yeah he came to us from England under 21s with a great great record. He was actually England manager while he was with us. He made David Beckham captain
0: I mean, he had to step in for, for one game and make someone captain. Do not Do you know what generation he was in charge of? There's no way he had an impact on there. No wonder he gave Beckham. He was probably the only one that went, oh, well, at the end of the day, I'll speak to the players, isn't it? Yeah, go for the levers to it and I'll get the job done. Them things could have strolled out. I could have been sat on there and managed England <laughs> for that like one game and still won it. Well, you don't do
1: nothing for all him. i'm gonna say is that there are those positives rob good evening to rob he um he's gone for craig levine well we may be discussing him in in another program but i don't i think he was more sort of the the maybe the wrong guy but was definitely the wrong time and uh as turf more hiya dan how are you doing um Still burping, he says. What about the Frank Sinclair own goals? Yeah, he he got a few, didn't he, old Frankie? He got a few.
0: but he was not manager. He's definitely up there for one of the most conscious players part of it. But we didn't bring Frank in, so I couldn't give him credit for that one, unfortunately. Did you mention Junior Lewis? Oh, you know, I didn't need
1: to. Too late. I didn't mention him. Too late. I need to mention Go
0: like, you
1: make that I didn't him. I've got to, I'm afraid I've got to take Brad out there. He had his moment. He could have had it. Oh, is that an own goal there, Craig? Well, you
2: know, in, interesting that you brought up a few points that I was going to bring up in the summary. But thanks for thanks for priming them anyway. And I will be mentioning Junior Lewis. Um, so I'll uh, I'll give him his moment. So uh, because it's mean, not all it's not all about. It's not all about just saying how bad your manager was. You've got to do the comparison mm. about how bad he was against the other manager. Yes. So we have to look at yes. we have to look at the other manager as well. And yes. uh, so I'll be trying to do that as well.
1: Well, for those of us, like I say those of a certain age that don't remember our frank um he did take over from jimmy bloomfield who had one of the and i don't want to sort of upsurp you but i'm trying to sort of say how good leicester were before as i did about um martin o'neill but the jimmy bloomfield years we, we didn't win anything but were great to watch the fans wanted bloomfield out and as i always say be careful what you wish for um because this is what happens as soon as you're ready, as soon as you say your first word, mate, off you go. So,
2: Frank McClintock, a lot of you won't know Frank McClintock. Um, he actually played for Leicester City and and was a great success at Leicester City. In fact, he's one of only five players who have been inducted, um, five Leicester City players who were inducted into the English Football Hall of Fame, along with Don Revy, um, Lineker. I can't remember the other two, but he's one of five. There's only five, and he's one of them. So you can understand why the club probably gave him a chance. You know, it was, uh, as you say, Jimmy Bloomfield had built this fantastic team of swashbuckling uh, football, for the one a better word. I don't think there were many candidates out there, so they turned to one of their ex-players uh, in Frank McClintock. Now, the problem with that is that he had no managerial expertise or experience it definitely no expertise. But he had no experience whatsoever. So Leicester City had finished eleventh uh, in the in the season that uh, Bloomfield left us, and so McClintock inherited that team, and that was a team that included Worthington. It included well, some of the greatest uh, players that Leicester City have ever had, and he had a couple of injuries to start the season, but it's, it's, the start wasn't too bad when he came in. Remember, this is his first season as a professional football manager at Leicester. So the first three games didn't go too bad. Drew two and won one. And uh, the team that uh, beat West Ham in his second game, beat them 1 0, still included the likes of Whitworth, uh, Dennis Rofes, Steve Kemba, John Samuels, Keith Weller, Frank Worthington. That's the team that he had. You know, and a lot of those are are favourites of of the older generation of Leicester fans, I would say. By the time of his final game in charge, Worthington had been replaced by Alan Waddle. Let me say that again. That's Alan Waddle. He'd scored one goal for Liverpool. That was enough for for Frank McClintock to think, yeah, that's the man to replace the legend of Frank Worthington. Uh, To be fair to him, he did manage to match his Liverpool performance by scoring one goal for us as well. Um, he also, in that team, uh, he got rid of uh, a lot of those uh, stars. So Worthington went to Bolton, where he continued to uh, to be a star. In fact, scored one of the greatest goals I've ever seen, if you haven't seen it one way. He flicks it up a few times over his head and bangs it in. So he was still at the top of his game, but, um, but he sold it. And... The team that ended his tenure included the likes of his old pals, Eddie Kelly from Arsenal. If Miss Melina's watching at all, here's your Arsenal link. Frank McClintock, Arsenal legend, obviously, brought in Eddie Kelly, brought in George Armstrong, Dave Webb from Chelsea. These were players who were all at the end of their careers and he thought they would do the job to replace the legends that he got rid of. So following that unbeaten start in his first three games, he decided to then mould the team into his own liking. And in the next 12, we drew two and lost 10. The season included a run of one win in 26 games. 26 games, one win. Can you imagine? Taylor never got anywhere near that. You know, he'd lose a few, but he won a few as well. McClintock didn't even wait to... Be sacked he walked he didn't wait he went in April with um, relegation virtually guaranteed now you've heard throughout football of one season wonders Frank McClintock was a one season disaster and clearly the worst manager Leicester have ever had and now I'm just saying that we're into the final minute what I'd like to say is that when you look at him against uh, against Taylor. Taylor had a lot to work with, you know, and, and still did some good things. McClintock had club legends to work with and decided to dismantle the team. As I say, the only players who remained from his final game in charge from the team that he inherited were Steve Whitworth and Steve Sims. He'd managed to get rid of every other player that uh the Bloomfield had used during this sort of period when, as I say, I think we may have finished second one year under Bloomfield when he was the um was the was the glory boy, the, the, the closest we were ever gonna get. But McClintock dismantled do the team.
1: And that's time up, Craig. Um Craig just up let me just bring you back in and let me remove that. You may want, Craig, just while we go off to Brad in a second for his um, second presentation, just to recheck your um, uh, internet link because you're very crackly and very breaking right. up. I don't know if that's the same for Brad, but it was certainly coming across that way. I'm just seeing if Brad's going to nod at me in the green room. Yes, he's nodding away. He's like the dog in the back of a car. He's nodding away <laughs> there. Um so you just might want to look at that. Yeah, some right. some very good points, and, and later on we might even look at the things like the win percentages, which are the difference. But yeah, that um, that was, was some very well we we'll say good points. There weren't good points, of course, there were bad points. We uh, <laughs> uh Rob says Weller was still there with his white tights. Yeah, He only had the white tights on in the Bloomfield years, I think you'll find. And, you know, maybe, maybe if he'd worn the white tights, um, Craig, he might, have, he might have saved McClintock's career. Well, you never know. You never know.
2: I, I think he had a few problems. Uh, as I say, he got rid of Worthington. Um, I think there were extenuating circumstances uh, behind that. I don't think the club helped him, to, to be honest, with the Worthington situation. But, uh yeah. But to bring in all your old pals based on nothing other than you played with them, you know,
1: yes.
2: it clearly wasn't the way to go.
1: I think I think you know, he, he, I, I joked under the uh, Craig Levine years, and I, that we were almost like a Derby and Jones club because we were getting all these mm. players around that time, Les Ferdinand and, and players like that, which were great players, but at the end of the career. And it was pretty much the same with Frank McClintock. We were turning into the OAP club. At least McClintock had decency
0: to run. We me. were. And, oh,
2: and, you
1: know,
2: <laughs> I mean, he, he clearly had no, I'm going to say, experience. So he didn't have a network of players that he could, uh, he could come to. He even signed a guy called Lammy Robertson from Exeter. That's the type of player that he identified to replace some of these uh, legendary players. Lammy Robertson. Let me say the name again, just in case you'll never hear it again. Lammy Robertson from Exeter. He played five games. I mean, he couldn't identify anyone. He couldn't identify a player in a
1: lineup. (laughs) The the, the Junior Lewis of his day. But again, I have to say, as much as Bad forgot to mention Junior Lewis... What happened to Roger Taylor? Uh, he went on to be the drummer in Queen.
2: I think you probably mean Roger <laughs> Davis.
1: I do. And I was just seeing if you were awake there, <laughs> he was probably a better drummer than he was a footballer. But um... yeah. <laughs> and,
2: Again, I yeah, Roger, Roger Davis.
1: Signing.
2: Don't forget, I mean, yes. Roger Davis came in to replace Alan Waddle, who came in to replace uh, Frank Worthington. He was replacing the forgotten about that. Back.
1: I had forgotten about Alan Waddle. Um, he certainly, uh, certainly was not, not, not unlike his namesake, was he?
2: No, he went on to Swansea and he scored 30 in 94 games. So he had something about him, but clearly McClintock wasn't a manager to bring that out.
1: Yes, <laughs> at a different club, not unlike, of course, Peter Taylor and Aidy who who had a brilliant time when he was at Burnley. Scott, good evening. Uh, how are you? I do hope your partner is better. Um, I know she fell down the stairs the other day, so best wishes to your partner. I hope she's better. Things she does to get away from you, Scott. But I must admit, if you're going to do that again, don't let her do it 10 minutes before the kickoff of a football game. I'd have just left a lie in there. I mean, you know, don't, don't, you know, no, I'm joking. Before I get any letters of complaint, I am joking. I wouldn't do that. Well, football wife, football wife, daddy chips, I don't know. Okay. Um, right. So you, yep, you've all done um, pretty good with that one. I think um, I, I, I know where I'm, I'm starting to lean, but um, we will see. Craig. You're sounding better now, but like I say, you were very crackly and what have you before, so I'm going to take you out. If you if you need to reboot, that's fine. Um, right. Scott, uh, hey, well said, Scott. The thought did cross his mind, apparently, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just take her a cup of tea. You're all right. You're comfy. You're on the stairs. You're on carpet. Here's a cup of tea. I'll be back in 90 minutes. But, Craig, we'll see you again in a few minutes. Um, and uh, we will we will speak to Brad very quickly as I, um, I'm just about to reset the timer. So, Brad, um, were there with the argument from uh, your co-patriot? He's, he's done a
0: good job. Uh, you know, Craig took on the challenge of bringing an uh, argument for a manager that maybe a few in the comments, and myself included, don't know too much about. Like we know the straight-up history from probably a, qu- a quick Google search. And no one yes. needs players' names, but and managers' names from the past bit. No, he's done a really good job there to, to to really get an argument and I'm learning from it. So it, it, it's it's all good to hear to hear you know the effort
1: that's you been see, put in. So you, you, you some youngsters eat only and this is what worries me, and this is completely aside to to the argument. And I, I'll just bring uh, Craig Craig back in here while he's still here. No, he's not, he's he's gone, he's black. He's uh, he's he's not with us at that point. Uh, but you know, we we always joke, don't we, with the clubs like the young the young Man United fans only ever remember Man United being successful. You know, the young Liverpool fans yeah. only ever know Liverpool not being successful. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and the young Arsenal fans are just totally deluded. But of course, the same yeah. could be happening with Leicester in the fact that um, you know the young fans. Those who just started supporting us won't know the days that people like Craig and me had to put up with.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, but the, the most dedicated of fans to any club, once they're involved in it and they're brought into it, it's yeah. not really until they get told about these names that they maybe look and go, oh, oh, I remember Taylor being rubbish and la da da. But I... I I myself knew a of Frank McClintock, and once I learned about him and someone told me, Oh, you want to look at him, you think Taylor's that this bad or well, someone who's just as bad was McClintock. Yeah. So, you know, I I've all I'm always learning more stuff about this club. It's just an age thing and how much to dedicate it. You see, so at a certain it age, is. it clicks.
1: Can I and just can I just say, you know, I may I may look 60, but I'm actually I'm actually only about thirty-five. It's just following Leicester that's done this to me. You
0: know um, I, right? I, I had hair.
1: I had hair in the seventies. If it wasn't for Leicester, <laughs> I had longer hair than Dave Bartram. We show Waddy Waddy, and don't forget that is now on the channel Lester Till I Die TV. Um, an hour-long chat with uh, uh, Dave Bartram, who, of course, was the lead singer we show Waddy Waddy through their um, through their glory years, and and he, like me. We had longer hair than the girls, didn't we? Michael, you're quite right. Uh, Sorry, David. You have to change your name. David, we did have some bad days. Oh, my God, did we have some bad days. Yeah, 11,000 in the crowd. And that was a good day. That was a good day. Anyway, Brad, you ready? Craig's. I'm not sure what's happening with Craig. I was trying to keep talking while he sort of mended, but he's kind of not is gone altogether now. Right, so let it's got five right. minutes to get back. When you start your first word, we will start the timer. Your five minutes when you're ready. Peter Taylor,
0: you know, if you remember the names of the managers that I mentioned earlier that were linked with the job, we had Sam Allardyce and David Moyes. Uh, we even had bloody cabbage head himself, Steve Bruce. Who was in line for the job, who I'd rather have had over Taylor. I never thought I'd find myself saying that about modern day Steve Bruce, but that's the case. You consider their track records, their history, their managerial records, and what they've gone on to the clubs of stature they've gone on to manage. Regardless of their success, they've gone on to manage nonetheless, right? Chris mentioned that I left out Junior Lewis. Yeah, I did. He was that bad, and there was a reason for it to a point. Um, but at this point, you know when you're a kid and you're playing football, right? And you turn up and you find out that the manager's got a son in the team, right? And it just so happens to play in your position. You ain't never playing a game of football for as long as you can. Not back not back when I was a kid. That was it. It was so frustrating because you either had to, oh, Pete, you know, you, you ended up hating him, didn't you? Well, that was Junior Lewis. Peter Taylor was his kid. He took him everywhere. Didn't matter where he went. Well, I had to do a lot of research for Taylor myself, because even though I grew up around the Taylor area, I was still fairly young at the time. So to more understanding, right, what I managed to find out is he managed in total 13 clubs. He had three international stints. I'll get to them. Right. He managed 13 clubs. Now, unless you know this in the comments, try and guess how many, how many clubs. Right. Peter Taylor had Junior Lewis out with them out of these 13, right? Leave them in the comments. I'm going to tell you the answer, and if you get it right, hold well on to you, right? Stature of managers we're talking about. You may be thinking, well, if this Junior Lewis you're on about, right, because you don't know about Taylor for whatever reason. Did he come from, did he have, Did he go all over the place with big clubs like these other managers might have done with their manager? With players like that, one of our favourite managers, he could have been no good. Listen to the list. This is the clubs he managed, Right. Dagnar and Redbridge, Dartford, South Southend, Dover, Leicester, obviously, Brighton, Hull City, Bristol Palace, Corolla Blasters, Blasters, um, it was written down funny, don't ask me if I'm pronouncing that right, I'm guessing it's Blasters, Wickham Wanderers, he managed the team and still couldn't beat in the FA Cup in charge of Leicester, shows how bad he isn't managing. Bradford, Gillingham, and then his international careers. England under-21s manager was there twice, right? Maybe you think, oh, maybe he picked an international then, this junior Lewis. We all knew his passport was Brazilian, by the way. Well, no joke. Ever heard of the Bahrain national team? Yeah, he managed them for the 2011 Pan-Arab Games. Yeah, that took some research. He did, however, manage also to go down to the low debts of the Aussies and noisy neighbours in New Zealand. Only his assistant, though, from 2016 to 2017. So I'll, I'll give you a bit of a chance there. Obviously, club level, he only managed 13 clubs. Guess how many of them he spent more than one season at? Just the one. Just the one. You don't have to guess that. I, I, I'll just, like, you're typing away. If you can guess the team, get it, wouldn't you? Because the only team he spent more than one season at was Hull City. He was also the only premiership side he managed. The only successful thing I think Peter Taylor did as a human being was when he was was playing at Spurs and he got relegated, playing for them. I don't care that he got promoted. They were in the promotion season and he got relegated. Probably the most decent thing he did, if you given our current history and our relationship and banter with Spurs, wasn't anything to a rival, but it's just funny to think of now, isn't it? We was the only premiership side he ever managed, so I don't get why we even brought him in. If you take his stature, you might argue we won through South Shield tournaments with the likes of South End. Yes, in non-league football, his career as a footballer was probably the highlight of, of his whole entire career, and it's not an, a pretty read. His manager was low level, and. It proved he was painfully out of his depth for Leicester. So very painfully out of his depth. And the fact that I had to research the Bahrain national team to make sure it wasn't some football team in in, in, in Arab playing in the league, it was actually a national side that they had in their version of, of Olympic Games, I, I guess. Peter Taylor, his stint at Leicester, or his manager, career in a whole, which one was worse I think they both come top of each chart, you're asking me. That's it, I'm done.
1: <laughs> what else can you add to that? Um, I knew he'd done New Zealand as a caretaker, the Bahrainian national team, but yeah. I, I missed that done.
0: one. My games, mate, I, I nearly fell over because I had to research and make sure it wasn't a game. I, don't know. I was like, <laughs> is this a game? Is this a game he was manager or something?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh good well that's it young man um we'll be back for a summary in a minute yeah. uh thank you very much just, just for that
0: quickly, just if, if there is any comments to the question that i left oh there, actually
1: sorry no there isn't actually what was what was oh, the yeah, answer right.
0: the answer was 8 i'm sure you knew that but i was just going to leave it to the end in case anyone did guess it he, he, he played for eight clubs mm-hmm. junior lewis with him I, I did leave that the answer out purposely in case someone did throw out a guess
2: sorry
0: yeah. for
1: that if, en- if anybody ever says Jokes like, is Perez um Brendan Rogers's love child or anything like that? Just go back and look at Junior Lewis and, yeah, um, yes. you know. In in fairness, and let's just bring Craig back in here. <coughs> Welcome back, Craig. In, in fairness, Junior Lewis was one of the few players who could make Carlton Palmer look good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <You know>? Wow. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, he... He clearly had something um, about him that um, Peter Taylor liked. I think they were possibly uh, photos of Peter Taylor's wife. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh. it had to be a reason. Yeah, he wasn't the best player. However, I will be able to point out um, something about Junior Lewis that uh, some people may not know. Uh, and it, particularly within regards to the game that, a lot of the argument is being hung upon the uh, the infamous Wickham game, so uh, we shall see.
1: Watch this space. That that will be interesting because that is still etched. That was another one. That was another one of those moments that I and I do like these in football. Another one of these. Be careful what you wish for moments because you know it was the quarterfinals, wasn't it? And Wickham were the lowest team out there, and we wanted. You know, I I, I can remember saying. I want Wick and Wanderers at home. We got Wick and Wanderers at home. The rest is history. Brad, we'll have you back in a second. Yeah. Thanks very much, mate. Yeah. Cheers. Work, Cheers. Cheers, mate. So, um, let's just see. Um ah, yeah, I mean, there, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of bad managers. Brian Hamilton. I mean, I read the, the names out at the start, you know. Can you remember Dave Bassett? Yeah, I mean in fairness, he he had he did come in to try and fire fight. Ian Holloway, uh, who said he was gonna put round pegs in round holes, and I obviously he couldn't find the holes. The aforementioned Craig Levine, who who Craig knows that well, he doesn't know Craig Levine, but he knows my he knows my love of the guy. <laughs>
2: don't forget, uh, don't forget the four games of Martin Allen.
1: Well, Yes, I, I was trying to, if I'm honest with you, but it, we hadn't got a long show that I could read all the names out of the bad managers, you know. But here we go. Um, five minutes. Your five minutes start uh, as soon as you say your first word. Good luck, Craig. Cheers, mate. Well, I mean,
2: let's remember here what we're doing is comparing two managers to decide who is the worst manager yes Peter Taylor uh, did a lot of bad things to our club and we and it took us a while to get over it however when you look at Frank McClintock's general managerial record it is actually record breaking um yeah he's a record-breaking manager and I'll tell you why and please hang on to this piece of information of all Leicester City managers who were in charge of our club for five or more games. That's it, five or more games. We've had caretaker managers who were in longer than that. Of all Leicester City managers who were in charge of Leicester City Football Club, for five games or more, Frank McClintock has the lowest win percentage of any manager in our history. He won 12.5% of his games. 12.5. Peter Taylor won 35% of his. 35%. And we are trying to say that Peter Taylor was a worst manager than Frank McClintock, Twelve point five percent. Okay. As you can imagine, after his record-breaking performance with uh, Leicester, there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of teams who, who wanted to take him. And uh, I'm just checking whether I'm, I'm still talking here. Um, so there wasn't a lot of teams who wanted to take uh, who wanted to take Frank McClintock he ended up at Brentford. So we talk about the number of teams that, that uh, Peter Taylor uh, managed. Only one team wanted, uh, Frank McClintock, Brentford in League 3, or Division 3, sorry. Um, he came in. They were, they, To be fair to him, they were languishing in 22nd spot at the time in Division 3, and he was brought in to save them. And to be fair, he did a fantastic job, and he managed to get them all the way up to 20th. So well done, Frank, there. Um, he, in three seasons uh, at Brentford, he got them into the top half once uh, and that was it. And then they slumped again and guess what? He resigned yet again. He was then appointed as an assistant at Millwall to a manager called John Doherty. So I think he realised that he wasn't for management. Uh, he became an assistant and they were OK, they did OK, but he never got a job in football again so we talk about um peter taylor's clubs peter taylor three years after leaving leicester peter taylor apparently did such a bad job that england under 21s appointed him again so he was england under 21s manager before he was uh, leicester manager he was actually england manager as we as uh, as brad pointed out he gave beckham the captaincy uh he was asked to take over once uh, Kevin Keegan had, uh, had dipped out. But after he left Leicester, his stock was still high enough that England appointed him as the under-21 manager again. Later in his career, he was under-20s manager. So this isn't a bad manager. What I would say about Peter Taylor is what happened is his team had a shocking result against Wickham, and that absolutely drained the confidence out of the team. In the same way that happened to Brendan when we lost the Aston Villa semi-final. That team then went on a shocking run and we lost out of the top four. So this can happen to a team. You have a bad result, it knocks the confidence. Let's not forget, before that game, Leicester had won the last four home games before the Wickham game. And that included wins over Chelsea and Liverpool. They beat Liverpool 2-0. He then One made some changes from now, that. Mate. All right. Some he made some changes from that uh, team that beat Liverpool 2-0 for the Wickham game. Guess who he took out? He took out Junior Lewis for the Wickham game. So Junior Lewis was in the team that beat Liverpool, was in the team that beat but then he took him out and we lost to Wickham. I'm not saying the two did, but that Wickham game clearly affected the confidence. And that was the downward spiral. I don't, I'm not sure any manager could have come back from. He is to blame for that one, but let's not forget, nobody had a problem with him before that game. So if we're looking at was he a bad manager, we were saying he's a bad manager for the second half of his tenure. The first half, he got us to the top of the table and an FA Cup quarter final. So I think when you're comparing these, 35 win percent win percentage against 12.5, clearly Frank McClintock has to have won that
1: as the worst um, manager that's the time up and i do apologize well done craig uh i had to take and i think brad was, was looking a bit as to what's happening but uh when i had the timer on your connection was even worse so i this was sort of half and half was sort right, of the best okay. best thing we, we got for you which is why i was having to say one minute you know so we're going to bring brad that in was. um so apologies brad that was why he he did have the timer on but uh like you said he was still crackling and and what have you so um i actually do think that it's craig's impersonation of uh, peter crouch doing the robot (laughs) that's what it is you know the uh, as he, uh, I thought he froze. That he had he had frozen for a minute there. He, he he's done the he's done the John Barnes Anfield rap. Now he's doing the Peter Crouch robot. I'm going to put the two together. I think we've got a bit of an, somebody we can send in for uh, Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> you you are keep freezing, uh, Craig. So uh, so bear with me on this one. So uh, again, I don't know if you no, if you sorry, wish no. to. Uh, re- no, it's, no, it's not a problem. Like I say. Um, Brad, we're gonna go with um your g- summary now. So I'm just gonna take you out, Craig. Um, not literally, <laughs> you're not my sort. Um, <laughs> I p- p- prefer blondes, but there we go. Right. So, Brad, let me just set the timer. Um, you see, everybody presumed that Peter Taylor was was, was okay, it was you know he was, was gonna be the worst, but Basically, it's a tight one, isn't it?
0: No, no, it's not. Craig made some great arguments, but unfortunately, he had to spend two and a half minutes talking about my manager that finished in like the conference as a career and relegated several teams because he had no more to talk about. And the couldn't. I'm afraid. So, for me, I just think I'm gonna wrap this up nicely and get more revenge on on uh, Craig himself. <laughs> a smile because he knows I'm only. I'm jesting on it. I'm just trying to get that low blow back from the last time when you have to dig low at me on the Ranieri-Rogers argument.
1: Right, okay. So this is two minutes now just to um, wrap it up. Um, It's not coming into the screen. Uh, Will it do now? Yep, there we go. So uh, two minutes and your time starts as soon as you uh, say your first word.
0: To summarise this, Peter Taylor versus McClintock, you know, it, it's been an experience, it's been, a, you know, to learn about someone who's nearly, nearly as bad as Taylor. I mean, you might argue 35%, 12.5%, but we're talking about the damage done to the club. And in essence, if Peter Taylor never existed, Frank McKellen would probably take this hands down in the fact that they're both similar styles. Maybe somehow down the line they're related because they're genetically both bad managers, clearly, because they were complete disasters. The only thing that you keep having to mention though, Craig, is you keep having an end to it that's quite positive. And I can never think of one when it comes to Taylor. I really can't. I mean, it's clear. It's clear as a day. The second he started stamping his own authority in, just like you said about, you know, McClentop. Talk about similarities and the closest comparisons you're going to get. Because once they started meddling, Peter Taylor did it worse fashion to a better side and took it all completely apart. It was just disastrous. I mean, there was so much wrong with that side. There were so many bad memories. There were so many bad players. There were so many distasteful moments. There's so many Taylor moments that leave such a sour taste in your mouth. You know, Peter Taylor was the fan of Philbert Filbert Street. He, he came in and he snapped. The second he snapped his fingers, he decimated half the side and he did it with his son at his side. That just shows that maybe Taylor was only built to be a family man and not a football man because he sure did like to take that boy around the world, didn't he? Um, all at lower league level, so we can't have been much caught stretching it out there, really grasping straws to say that he was the key component behind our wicked defeat and managers have bounced back. Before, remember that I just noticed the time was going to go. I had a little bit,
1: <laughs> <time> yeah, there. <laughs> that, that there it goes. Um, okay, well, well rounded up. Um, and talking about rounding up. Um, let's get. Uh, I was asked. Somebody did ask me once. You know, they did say. Uh, I was. I was uh, a farmer. Said that uh, I've got um, 98 sheep. Can you round them up for me? I said, sure. 100. Boom, boom. Okay. <laughs> oh, they get
0: worse
1: every week. They get worse. <laughs> that 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 is a, <laughs> a Frank McLintock stroke, Peter Taylor joke for you there. That's uh, That's how bad it is. Okay, Brad. Thank you very much. We'll see you again in a minute. Craig, um, how are we? How are we feeling, sir?
2: Fine. I mean, I I I, I don't understand how anybody could uh, could still pick Peter Taylor. You know, now they've actually found out how bad McClintock was. And I know. Um, you know, when uh, when we went top of the league, I don't think anybody said Peter Taylor was a, a bad manager. So you know, we're looking at half of his half of his Leicester City career, half of it. He was brilliant.
1: Yes yes indeed well you've got uh we're going to try it again with a timer if it doesn't work then this is a minute 30 seconds and 30 seconds how it's because yeah, yeah. it's two minutes this one i will shout the time out to you but we'll try it again and see uh if this works with you so again as soon as you say your first word sir okay so i'm
2: just gonna put my own timer on here look um Yes, we're comparing two managers. Uh, so let's just go through a few facts, shall we? Um, the reason I I couldn't speak about Frank McClintock's uh, managerial career after Leicester is that he didn't have one. He was that bad. Um, he had only two full seasons as a manager, Frank McClintock, and his highest was highest position he finished, 10th in Division Three. Um I'll go back to it. 125 percent win percentage—the worst in in the club's history. I don't know how you can't say he was the worst, wasn't the worst manager. Um, as I say, Peter Taylor, half of it uh, was great. Cup quarter final, top of the league, great. Nobody was saying he was the worst uh, manager then. As I say, could have gone the other way with, um, could have gone the other way with Brendan if we had to bounced Back and add the end of the season. Um, Frank Clintock's, um period didn't last half a season. Three ga- games, three games, two draws, one win, and then didn't win again for another twelve games, including ten defeats. Twenty-six defeats. So twenty-six, one win in twenty-six. That's his record, and he sold. Legends and replace them with his mates minute, mate. at the end of it. Yeah. You know, for someone to have that bad a record in only one season, to have no highs, I can't even talk about the highs. I'd love to be able to say, well, remember that week that we got to the top of the Premier League or, you know, when we had that uh, couple of uh, great Cup wins and we ended up in a, in a Cup quarter final I'd love to be able to say that. All I can talk about during his time here was uh, Four wins. Four wins. Yeah, you're putting him up against uh, Peter Taylor. It's clear from the win percentage, from the fact that he sold all the players, the fact that nobody wanted him, he became a TV pundit.
1: There you go. I'm sorry, Craig, your time is up. I've had to mute you at the end there. Little cheeky Craig trying to get an extra uh, extra seconds in there, young man. <laughs> Um, uh, and oh, I don't you, may,
2: you may have to, I the where
1: I up. I might actually just have to sort of take a point off you for that one. I tell actually, he throws fine, Oh man. no, he's back, I, 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 he's back with us. He's back with us. You froze it. I have to say that Frank McClintock Yes, I mean he does have a twelve point five percent. Um win rate as manager compared to Peter Taylor's um, 35.19. But Peter Taylor wasn't actually the worst ever Leicester City manager. We do actually have somebody who actually has a 0% win rate. Now, it was during World War II when we were playing in like a, a friendly league. But, hey, you know.
0: What's his face? The cap was in charge of, like... The, the Carlin Cup game against Chelsea,
1: Frank Boro, or something like that. I'm thinking. I what he's going to say for a right. sec. Well, we, we yeah we talk. Well, we're only looking at sort of permanent managers. But yeah. um, do you know that the funny thing, guys? Right, and I'm going to say this in fairness to, to you both. Jimmy Bloomfield, and I didn't realize this, who actually Frank McClintock took over, and who we, I certainly do, and I think those of us of a certain age remember the Worthington, Weller, Glover um Birchnell mm. years Jimmy Bloomfield only had a 29.8% win rate mm-hmm. and that is to be honest with you I found very very surprising his win rate was less yeah, yeah. than 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 Peter Taylor um, also right. though in... sorry Craig I was going to I mean
2: the thing with Peter Taylor is it's it's that one game, isn't it, where it all crumbled and that's the one game that everybody remembers where his it, it all crumbled and we never recovered from yes. it. From yes. Um, the Frank it was just the whole season. Yeah, the thing is, though, but the thing is with Taylor
0: is, you say half a season, but they both ruined the club in the same spectacular thing. It was more a case that Peter Taylor, if, especially if you, I'm, I'm sure O'Neill's record and Leicester's, positioning-wise in comparison to where they were before McClintock came over, Leicester at a high, people remember such a devastation of being top-end cup winners. The way he kind of only held that side together and then the second, just like McClintock was allowed to do it from the start, there's not a chance, mm. I feel. we I genuinely think we wouldn't have got as far as we did in the court and been up near the top of the league had Taylor came in and done exactly what he did at that halfway when he changed things,
1: mm. I don't think what? he. I don't think, I think
0: you can, they destroyed it in the, I they think destroyed
2: you can, in, in the same space of time, didn't they? Once they started, you can, you can draw. You can draw the the same comparisons uh, with that Wickham game as Brendan. Though, mm. when we lost the uh, the Aston Villa semi final, and the confidence yeah. of the player yeah. went. The thing was, but that's Brendan. Yeah. Brendan got the opportunity to put it right again. Peter Taylor didn't. You know, so So who's who's to say? I'm not saying that they are uh, Mm. level. What I'm saying is that one bad result can drain the confidence of the best players. And I think that contributed to it. As I said, you've only got to look at the four games before. We beat Chelsea. We beat beat Liverpool. We weren't a bad team. We became a very bad team after that Wickham game.
1: I think what you're going to look at is the fact of every manager will have a bad game. But mm. it's how they respond to that bad game. Martin yeah. O'Neill had that bad game. Was it against Sheffield United, Sheffield United uh, when the United, fans yeah, were like, protesting? Really yeah, 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 but really he that, he, so. he turned it round, and like you say, Brendan turned it round. I mean, Martin O'Neill was didn't turn only it that percent. season. Yeah, he didn't turn it round that season. Know, did he?
2: God. We won two out of the last ten. He snuck that playoffs, didn't
0: he? I think that's what did it for O'Neill when he was there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, The thing you gave
0: yeah. me for Taylor is, when it comes to managers that have them stages, like we said with Ronil, like you brought up with with Rodgers, is after that Whitcomb defeat, we won one of our last 10 games. Hmm. And for me, that should have been Taylor out the door. He should not have been allowed but to... I like said, Brent won two out of his last 10. Yeah. Would you have said the problem is, is the fall from grace, isn't it? It's the perspective things for these managers. That, that like Back then, we were also talking McClintock and Taylor managed it when the premiership was a bit more closely. I mean, you could be like seven or eight points off relegation and unfortunately, you get dragged into it. The thing is, at least McClintock had it. a decent run. wrong. That's, that's the way I see it. Taylor. That's the only good thing.
2: No, I, I get the fall from grace because Brendan took us from fourth to fifth and Taylor took mm. us from top of the table where he managed to get us. Yeah. I'm surprised.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, mate, because to be honest with you, I didn't think there was anyone that would have a, a cloth on what Taylor <laughs> did in a dramatic fashion. But McClintock, so I've got to give, give you credit where it's due, mate. That was a really good argument.
1: Guys, all I can say, all I can say Unbelievable, is Unbelievable, Jeff! So, look, I'm going to have to make a decision. Um, I feel a bit like Simon Cowell here. Take a very quick break, not long enough for you to nip to the toilet, Craig, but a very quick break, and then I'll come back and tell you who's won. Hi, Alan Smith here. Be sure to watch and listen to Chris on Leicester Till I Die TV. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. Of the foxes. And you'll all remember Alan Smith. And next Wednesday – no, it's not. Next Tuesday, the 13th of July, 5 p.m. Tune in because we are having a one-to-one with Alan Smith. the, younger, the older ones, obviously, remember when he played for us, the younger ones, we know him as the voice of FIFA and a Sky commentator. But uh, at one point, he was Gary Lineker's strike partner before he, he went to some team down in London. But 5 o'clock next Tuesday, the 13th, uh, a one-to-one conversation with um, me and Alan Smith. Right, guys. So I've got to say here, it, it's a lot of people would think it's going to be Peter Taylor. But Peter Taylor and Frank McClintock, I've I brought these two together because I say I am of a certain age and I will remember. Uh, and Craig's gone again. <laughs> he's, he's given up. He's given up before he's uh, he's taken. He's, he's accepted defeat and moved on, hasn't he? But. Um, and I, I understand that, obviously, you know, like, like you said, very, very generously, Brad, you know, you don't um, remember Frank McLean talking. You didn't realise there was somebody that was possibly as bad as Peter Taylor. Uh, mm-hmm. And you both argued extremely well. Um, the thing with Peter Taylor is he did He did when he came in, he didn't get rid of the players straight away. He came in and he took us to the top of that league. We were two weeks at the top of the Premier League for the first time in our history. Okay, one of those weeks was an international week, so it would have only normally been one week. Uh, but you're quite right, you know, he, you know, he destroyed the club. He took the club in us going down, meant we went into administration, which, um, was bad would we have gone into administration had we managed to survive that season? Um I think the revenues so would kept it up, mate. Yeah. If
0: anything, he he was nearly one of the biggest reasons behind us not having been able to do this because Leicester would have been starting again. It would have been, it would have been completely torn apart as a club, seat, I feel. Yes. We, yeah. We were looking
1: lucky
0: enough to have suffered more than what we did when it
1: But you know, a, a lot of the blame, and for Frank McLean talk as well, you do have to look at the um Board, you know, mm-hmm. it was the board that let Peter Taylor go and spend millions on players that were totally rubbish. It was the board that, as a top of the top league club in the top flight, brought in a manager who had had no experience. You know, we, he'd, like I say, we hadn't won anything under Jimmy Bloomfield, but we were in the top flight, we were finishing mid table. The crowd turned against him because we weren't winning anything. And like I can always say, be careful what you wish for, because we got Frank in, and by it, uh, it, it did go downhill. But Frank never took us to the top of the league. Frank never took us. I mean, you know, quarter final of the FA Cup. Had we lost that quarter final to Liverpool, you know, had we gone away to Liverpool and lost it. We wouldn't be having this, this, you know, we well, we we wouldn't be using that game as you know, remembering the fact that we lost to Liverpool, like the fact that we lost to Wickham, who couldn't even provide a striker and that to advertise for one on teletext, and he happened to score the winning goal after their manager was sent off. So, I want, I want to say Peter Taylor, just because, like I say, I think the majority of people would expect me to. Um, but a thirty-five percent win rate is actually I like see, I say it it's can up there. I just say,
0: though, it might be it might be thirty-five against twelve and a half percent, but Taylor took the probably took the win percentage down where in a dramatic style, whereas you say that like, the legends of the clinical took out the club, the club was at twenty nine percent before. So they weren't exactly doing much brilliant with the manager before. He probably only yeah. took a bad, a bunch of players that couldn't perform together for whatever reason or play yeah. a style of play, and made it a le- less,
2: more awful than what it sounds was. Sounds to me, it sounds to me like um, you're saying Bloomfield was worse than Taylor as well. So, oof. no, not,
0: not, not, not even slightly, because that's again <laughs> on. You know what I'm don't you you're winning this
1: mate in those days of course um we played more games in the division because there was more teams in the division um mm. I, I just think it was the speed you know peter taylor was with us 15 months frank McClintock didn't even last a year and the, the thing for me was that you know, Peter Taylor, he had the experience, so he should have done better. You know, Frank McClintock, it was his first managerial job. Would would a team in the Premier League these days give an ex-player their first managerial job? Frank Lampard had to go down to the Championship. Wayne Rooney had to go down to the Championship. Stroke League One, ha ha ha, with Derby, um, <laughs> yeah. I've made my decision. I'm going to drag this out. You know, like the X Factor. <laughs> I better not, better not drag it out too long. It's about kickoff, guys. I'm sorry. I am really, really sorry for Brad because this is the second one he's going to lose. But it is That's Frank right, McLintock, uh, simply because he destroyed the club in a season. He took us down, and you could say, you could say after. Um, frank mcclintock that it all went wrong for a long time i don't think we actually got back after frank mcclintock uh we had the jock wallace years um so, so that was one good thing he did he did bring jock Jock wallace in after of course the great reign of the ian mcfarlane who of course <laughs> de- dearly departed ian but um god rest in peace uh, but he did actually bring Jock Wallace in. But you know, it was just the speed in which it all happened. You know, they both brought bad, bad players in. But at least with with Peter Taylor, they weren't sort of they were young and bad. Whereas you know, with Frank McClintock, they were just old and bad, weren't they? You know, and Dennis Wise, the bringing Dennis Wise to the club nearly tipped it over nearly tipped it over but uh I remember Roger Davis all too well. All I've got to well. say
2: I've got I've got to say Brad uh, you know before I started researching Frank I, I thought I had absolutely no chance because I would have been with you in on your camp of Taylor. Mm-hmm. But when you look mm-hmm. at what McClintock did, yeah it was I've pretty it's it pretty abysmal.
0: I've got to admit like I said I was the same as you knew of Frank McClintock knew he was fairly bad but didn't know it. At some points, mate, I was kind of forgetting that you wasn't talking about Taylor because it's astonishing that when they meet for how quickly they destroyed the club in comparison in that way, how similar it was. You know, they got rid of legends. Mm. You know, they got the icons and brought in Troy. It was just like...
2: I think the worst thing was with McClintock, we didn't even have any highs. At least we did have that fortnight Mm. of being top of the league with Taylor. Um, Yeah. That was nothing.
0: my thing. I knew I was going to have to kind of try and play that off as it wasn't <laughs> really him. And and, and that, I knew I knew it wasn't going to be the easiest. And it turns out it wasn't the easiest at all because obviously Craig's, um, Craig's won this one. For, and, you know, a lot of the people that might have been in the comments at the start, you know, may mm. not have changed their opinion because they remember, you know, this is this is obviously got to remember how it's perceived. Yeah, yeah. You know, yes, a lot of yeah. people will always perceive Taylor to be the best because when 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 I've been asked the questions to, to like build sides and stuff, I try and do what off generations I've seen play.
2: Yeah. And and
0: and, and can fairly say the reasons why I've put them in the team more than I picked that one because everybody else did, sort of thing. Mm. But he still like,
1: doesn't know he still doesn't know whether they're left or right. Obviously that No, I don't. I still don't, mate. I still don't. <laughs> Ah, that's right, that, that's
0: right. I figured that
1: out. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's right, mate. That's right up there. Oh, that right. Right. And, that, and, that, and
0: that's back and that's and that's down, right? Oh, that's right. it,
1: that's it. Guys, I appreciate the football's on, so I'm gonna let you go. Thank you both so very much for that. Um, I'm glad you because when I first brought came up with this, you went and went, Nobody's been as bad as Peter Taylor. I'm thinking, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. But uh, thanks very much, guys. I, gr- Brad, have a great holiday, mate. I hope um, I hope North Macedonia is uh, on the green list, as as Craig said earlier. And that uh, you bring us back some nice photos of the I want to say the North Macedonian coast, but I don't think they've even got a coastline, have they? <laughs> and, uh, I'll
0: definitely
1: know. I'll
0: definitely enjoy my time off, mate. So thanks for that. It's, yeah. Uh, it's it's still been enjoying, so I'm looking forward to when I'm back and we do another one of these because uh, I, I need to I need to get a an early goal in the second half against Craig. I'm turning is it it is, now, finding myself it, on the back front here. I thought it's a I'm bit, not sure I things.
1: It's a bit like Ant versus deck, isn't it?
2: You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't ask which I am because I don't mind. Hey, have, but,
1: a, hey have, a
2: great, uh, have a great holiday, Brad. Yeah, uh, sure, look forward babe, to uh, to going for round three when you're back.
1: Yeah, yeah enjoy it brad mate. wave as you go past mate and um I'll have, wait, have a great time try and watch the games obviously i think you you still will do but hey have, have a have a break from this and enjoy yourself rest up and we'll see you when you're back you'll come back fight fighting fit for craig and we'll have maybe we'll have craig levine versus ian holloway Oh, God, yeah, that's the way to bring me back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that <one. laughs> now, that could be interesting, Brad. Thanks very much, mate. Have a good holiday, no,
2: it
1: Brad. Craig. We will see you again on um, Thursday. Thursday, and <laughs> this is a good one because we're actually going to have some guests in. Mm. So, we've got, um, I don't know if you saw the other day, we, we um, Dan from Burnley, he pops in quite a bit. Uh, uh and he, he's a mod in here, and he's a, he's a great lad. Uh, spitting image for um Ed Sheeran, but uh, you always getting told that, but yeah, great lad. And Maisie, and she's great, she's she's really really knowledgeable about um about football. Uh, although even though she's a Man United fan, but they're going to come in, and I'm going to let them decide. Cool. Um, So you've not got me to convince this time. You're going to have two independent ones. And it's and do you remember what it is? The VAR versus ref, isn't it? It is. It is. All those years we shouted out that we wanted uh, this VAR. And has it destroyed football? I'll leave that one with you. Go and enjoy the game, mate. I'm keeping you. Enjoy yep. it. Thanks for tonight. Well yep. done on winning. 2-0 up. And I'll see you on Thursday. And okay. let's hope we're celebrating... An England win.
2: Indeed. Cheers, everyone.
1: Take Cheers. care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Craig for that. And uh, as I say, going to go because the football's on. We're also going to be back tomorrow night as well. Um, that will be with Daniel. We're going to be post-match. So about 10.15, no, all depending, all depending when, uh, of course, the game finishes. If it goes to extra time, if it goes to penalties. God, can you imagine? My heart won't stand it. My heart won't stand it. So, Frank Doc <coughs> excuse me, is a worse manager than Peter Taylor. Um, but let's face it, it was close. Guys, thanks so much. 10.15 or later tomorrow, soon, about 5, 10 minutes after the match finishes. Come on, England, we can do it. And then Ref versus VAR on Thursday at 7. Good night. Go and enjoy the match. Thanks for joining in and thanks for watching. Good night now. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media
2: platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club.
1: Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.